Responding to questions about no longer televising White House press briefings, Steve Bannon said that the reason was because Sean Spicer got fat. Okay, wait a minute. Steve Bannon is calling out another human being's physical appearance. Isn't that kind of like the pot calling the kettle blotchy? The Trump Report starts now! You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV! And now, let the buzz begin! Oh, and that's right, that was indeed the night that the lights didn't really go out in Georgia. I mean, they were kind of on and they flickered. Those lights flickered for a moment. A glimmer of hope. And, and, then they, and then they stayed on, basically. But welcome to the Trump Report, and we'll talk about that. And, and Josh, you don't need to turn this down. We need to definitely get to the bridge. We need to take it home, Vicki Lawrence, a.k.a. Mama from Mama's Family. Little known fact. It's actually a fairly well known fact. I'm Christian Blatt. This is the Trump Report. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Christian DMZ. Joined as always by Chelsea Galicia, whom you can find at Chelsea Galicia. Conveniently enough, the only one whose Twitter is actually just her name. Because next to her is Scott Moore at SMAN80. So you have to hunt around for us. But Chelsea's very easy to find. And honestly, if you have to follow only one of the three of us, it's Chelsea. She's the one to follow. Yeah, that's true. Uh, And don't forget the show. Show is Trump Report ABTV. Your, yeah. your clever trolling is. <laughs> That's right. Can't be missed. We're, Should not be missed. Scott's clever trolling yeah. will be an upcoming segment <laughs> here on the show. But uh, as will be more songs from Vicki Lawrence. Now, probably not, but. Uh, so, as I alluded to in the intro, uh, the special runoff election in Georgia, Georgia 6th. Mm-hmm. I almost said the wrong number, and then that would have been embarrassing. Is uh, <laughs> it, it went from being too close to call to still close, but oh, we'll call it. Uh, CNN's projecting. Karen I was like, Handel. wait, the Trump report projects. Yeah, the Trump report projects <laughs> that uh, Drexel Heard is the winner. <laughs> uh, no, because uh, Drexel takes the summer off for politics. Apparently, uh, you know, nothing is going to happen this summer. You have to take so, a summer recess. Hey, Everyone so needs a summer recess. Political culture fans, you know, if there's a void for politics, just come on over here. We'll still be here. Except for two weeks from now, it's 4th of July, yeah, because we right. love America. Right. And <laughs> the studio will be closed, so those two things. But anyway, Karen Handel, uh, 52.6% to 47.4%. The final will definitely be different than that, because right. this is with 66% reporting. But if CNN says that uh, they can call it, well, they were so right on election night, there's no reason to not doubt them, really. Well, I don't know. Donald Trump might. <laughs> fake news. That's true. So. There might be some fake news here, but uh, this is the kind of fake news that I think he would like. Uh, Scott, let's talk a little bit about this. Uh, this is a race that should never have been close just because of the simple fact of, of the geography of it. So it includes DeKalb County and you said Fulton, Fulton County. Mm-hmm. And is this Newt Gingrich's old district or part it of it? Is. Because there's been yes, some they redistricting they, since yes, then. They, yeah. they did switch it around a little yeah. bit after uh, for the 2012 so, election. Um, after the 2010. Yeah, if these are counties that once voted for Newt Gingrich, mm-hmm. you have to figure it's not a particularly strong blue stronghold. No, it's not. I mean, you have a couple things that are going on with this district is, you know, way in the past, the, the, the South was firmly Democratic. In fact, before Newt Gingrich won, um, it had been Democratic since before the Civil War. So Newt Gingrich was actually the first one in, in 78 to switch, to flip flip the seat to Republican, and now it's been Republican ever since. And even if you look back to 76 when Jimmy Carter ran for president, and you see the demographic changes that are happening in Georgia and in most of the South now, where 
you had the rural areas were Democratic, and then you started going to the urban areas, and they were Republican. And now over the past, since the late 70s, and going into 80 with the Reagan landslide and, and the switch of um, the conservatives and the rural votes being Republican, we've, we've seen change now, and, and it's now encroaching because this is the Atlanta suburbs. So this is right outside, just north of, of downtown Atlanta. And we're seeing um, this slowly become more purple. And, um, you know, even looking, and we can get into South Carolina 5 as well, but looking at these four uh, places that had the special election since Trump picked these uh, nominees, you know, Montana, going back to Montana, and in Kansas earlier this year, um, you're looking at very, very, very Republican districts, because of course the Republicans didn't want to be put in a place where they could end up giving up seats before the 18 midterms. So all four of these were supposedly strong Republican seats. And as we've seen since these special elections have happened, they have all tightened considerably. Um, and I know a lot of people are saying, well, it's, you know, close, but it doesn't mean anything. You know, Well, ultimately, because it doesn't mean it, anything because they lost. But right. it being close at least says, okay, not it, you know, not everybody's as happy as, as some on the right, Sean Spicer, would like us to think. Right, and that's the thing is, like, yes, they can have the short-term win, uh, the Republicans can, but in the long term, they should really be scared because this does not bode well in 18 when you see these very red Republican districts all are within single digits. None of them had been beyond single digits as far as the the final. And just back in 16, a lot of these places went 18, 20, sometimes more than 20 points for the Republican candidate or for Trump himself. So to see the tightening happen in such a short period of time should really scare the Republicans going into 18. Uh, Because even South Carolina, South Carolina 5, for instance, it didn't have the big turnout. You know, the Georgia 6 had the most money Put into any well, that's what I was going to talk to Chelsea race, about because yes, we were talking yet, beforehand. In Chelsea, history, how much money has I, did this race have that I you were reading? It was forty yeah. million. Yeah, and when you spend that kind of money, Ooh. and you know, neither side really has a resounding victory. But especially when you spend all that money and, and you lose, this is something that you can point to as okay. There's there's a little bit you know it's trending a little bit more blue than you would expect. Mm-hmm. But this isn't. I would say, Chelsea, this isn't really something for Democrats to actually be excited about, to spend all that money and not win. Mm, well, not at all. Yeah. I, I think I, I, it was a little bit of a pipe dream to think that we could flip the Especially six in the first that, yeah, place. Right, exactly. Yeah, it was very optimistic. But, but. but we thought with how unpopular Trump is and how egregiously the policies that they're fighting for on the Republican side are so damaging. And how he only won by one and a half points, even in uh, in the general. He only won by one and a half point. Right, but it's very close. You know, obviously, it's just sort of very anecdotally looking at people voting in November and people voting now, but they're probably not as upset about Trump as a lot of the other spots in the country that you're talking about are. You know, because I think that if people were really upset then a lot of those red votes would have stayed home or, you know, written in somebody else, Drexel Hurd, I don't know, <laughs> one of Mickey Mouse. That's a great ticket. Uh, Mickey's not on top, though. He's, he's the VP. Anyway, besides the point, I think that it doesn't really, you know, it, 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 it's, it's all nice. You know, it's like, okay, we can... It's a moral victory, which, of course, is nothing An that you can... An expensive moral victory. It's a very expensive yeah. moral victory. I'm not sure a victory it, at all. Mm-hmm. If, it, you know, if they won, if this was reversed and it was a razor-thin margin, then it turns the narrative turns into, well, of course, look at how much money they spent, and they still barely won. Well, 
the Republicans also spent a lot of money, they not did. as much as the Democrat, but they spent a lot. They spent a lot of money, mm-hmm. and they barely held on to this seat that they really should not have. That had was Newt Gingrich's yeah. seat. That was Tom Price's seat that he yeah. won by like twenty three points in November. So yeah, it's definitely uh, oh, it. It should be a wake up call for Republicans. But of course, they're going to spin it and say this is all you know great. Look at all the money the Democrats spent. It didn't work. We still held on to the seats. But again, these were four seats going back to these special elections that were all purposely picked because of where they were and georgia the sixth and it's going to continue to get closer so if republicans don't carefully watch this it's at their own peril because once we get into 18 and we move into future these regions are become more uh, democratic the more urban areas and and the six is like that suburban area that's yeah. just around that cusp um highly educated really not the trump voter and and also handle was not really the most trump supportive candidate anyways from before when in the in the primary back in april so this is somebody that had some distance from trump and probably some of those more moderate republicans that might have been more nervous to vote for someone else that might have been more closely aligned with trump they probably felt more comfortable voting for her um she also has the statewide name recognition former secretary of state she's she's known um so i think there was a little bit more of a comfort level with some of those moderate republicans that might have been turned away and also you have to look at other factors like the even the rain um, it was very rainy over, earlier today. Did any of those people maybe get turned away because they didn't feel as motivated because the weather was bad? Um, you have a lot of different things. And personality also plays a role. And that's the other thing, too, is that every time you're looking at these local races and these special elections, um, their their characteristics are all very different. Um, and it's very localized, especially in districts when you're voting for uh, Congress. More than a senator, more right. than and, a statewide election, they're the, they're very very they're very specific on personality on re, on region that's different from a statewide election. And the fact of the matter is, these special and runoff elections, when they happen, you have to be a little bit more plugged in right. than most average voters. You know, it's almost like being such a big fan of a baseball team, you know all their minor league right. games. You know, and this is like you have to know when that is because on this very show I talked about how in Louisiana in December I was there. My friend went to go vote in that special election, which was a pretty big deal. And I think by three in the afternoon, mm-hmm. it had been, uh, it was under 100 people had been at that district. Yeah, so, and, that, and that is yeah. a sad thing. There was even things, even with all the blanketed ads in Georgia 6, yeah. there were still people that didn't even realize there was yeah. an election today. Right. And that's so, part of the problem is that people are not as tuned in or they just start tuning it out because they're seeing all these commercials yeah. and these ads and they're. They're not even paying attention anymore. Exactly. Speaking of tuned in and not tuning out, we want people to stay tuned in to us, so we'll move on. Uh, Josh, when you get a moment, if you could put up the chat so we can see what's going on. I'll add about, at least for South Carolina 5, is where they didn't spend a lot of money, and it wasn't as as invested. It actually was only a three-point difference for the Republican. And they had less people voting, but that's the same thing. It was sort of a quiet race. The Republicans didn't really invest. The Democrats, because they felt it was in a very strong Republican area. Uh, for Mick Mulvaney's seat. And as it turned out, it was really a three-point difference, which, again, should scare Republicans thinking about that. When that's an area that went 20, 30 points for Trump, and it's only a three-point difference now. So that's, again, another wake-up call for Republicans if they're not careful. Our friend in the booth, uh, no, sorry, our friend in the chat, Josh is our friend in the booth, but our friend in the chat, Storage Yard Resident, points out June 14th was President Trump's 71st birthday. <laughs> he doesn't look a day over 89, so happy birthday <laughs> President Trump. I did see that, and I knew how old he was. It's just when you actually hear it said that now he's 71 and he's been president for a few months, and you're like, wow. You know, I, I think my grandfather had his driver's license taken away before he was 71. But... 
That's not, you know, that's a specific instance. I'm not <laughs> making a blanket statement about it, although, you know, Donald Trump doesn't drive. There's no way. No. When was the last time you think he drove? I, I golf carts don't count. Yeah. I, no. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, and uh, Kamani Brooks says excuses, excuses. Look, we're not making excuses. We're saying that, you know, neither side, obviously the Republicans should be glad that they won, but neither side should be like, oh, this is this was a great day for us. Right. I think you know? they could say they won the battle, but the long-term war yeah. is is just getting started and they should be. They should be worried. If they're yeah. not worried, they're going to allow themselves to, to lose in 18. Because yeah. that's when the real races happen, and, and that will be the real sign. If, if Democrats don't do well then, then it's easy to say, okay, well, excuses, but it's going to be a so, different story. Yes, exactly. So we will move on to uh, what started off and is still a terrible story. But the good news within the bad story is that Republican Congressman and House Majority Whip, uh, Louisiana Representative Steve Scalise, He's been upgraded from critical to serious, and he's showing signs of improvement. And he, of course, was one of five people that were shot when a gunman opened fire Wednesday as the Republican baseball team practiced in Virginia. He's required several surgeries. So uh, the reason why we're talking about that is, first, that's good news to hear that he's at least doing somewhat better. You know, you hope to hear that uh, he pulls through and, you know, makes as much of a recovery as he can. The reason why I wanted to talk about this is how quickly this story was politicized, Mm -hmm. that it was a Republican that got shot, and it immediately turned into, well, how do you feel about gun control? And it was just like, you can't wait an hour, you can't Mm -hmm. wait, you know, maybe a couple days. And then, of course, there was the other side of it when we found out the shooter was a 66-year-old named James Hodgkinson, who was reportedly a Bernie Sanders supporter, and he had written on social media that it's time to destroy Trump and company, and he was found to have a list of Republican uh, Republican lawmakers that he was looking for, and he was said to have reportedly been seen near the ball field in the parking lot asking, hey, are Republicans practicing in that field? And, you know, thank God that there, you know, because it was somebody in leadership, that there was, you know, uh, Capitol Hill police were there, you know, so it could have obviously been a lot worse. And the, I, I think it's important to mention that you know, he's a left-leaning person because they, when it's somebody who's conservative, they'll always make sure to tell you that right away. And uh, on the flip side of that is, for some reason, Caitlyn Jenner thought it was important to say liberals can't even shoot straight. And and I was just like... Wow, mm-hmm. I missed that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I was that. like, mm-hmm. you know, Caitlyn... People want to like you, but you, you, you make it just really, make it really tough. don't make it easy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I, I wanted to kind of get your thoughts on sort of the whole thing, and I'll start with you, Chelsea, because, uh, well, I started with Scott last time. That's the real reason. Well, why. I, well, I uh, heard from accounts people that were there, and I mean, this was like a whole long ten-minute ordeal yeah. with people hiding and running and crawling after they've been shot. I mean, I cannot imagine, I guess I could imagine, because so many people were giving accounts of what it was like. And to see right, people Right, but to, st- down, to try and, and put yourself in the situation and actually imagine going through it, I, I can't. I can't imagine. I can imagine having to mm-hmm. see something terrible happen off in the distance. But yeah, I don't think anybody can really identify with what they actually went through. And I was one of those who who thought, well, you know, 
okay, let's talk about gun control now. No, no, we can talk about it, but it was just the way that people were saying it right away. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And because he was a Republican. You know, but there's... Like, everybody didn't, does we too didn't know, soon. Okay, but we didn't know if he was going to live, you know? And, and I was just like, it, it was so fast. And I was like, let's let him get to the hospital, you know? Let's, <laughs> let's put, him on, put him on life support, put him on a ventilator. I don't think and, people waited a moment after San Bernardino. And to, that's not right either. Right. So, you know, neither I, one of those is right. That You know, just because the other side the, does something wrong doesn't mean that you know your side I don't side think we're going to slow anybody down on well, making their Well, not the way comments. that the world works now. The fact yeah. that you right. can make instant comments. The exactly. fact that like right exactly. now somebody in the chat could say something, you know, but although actually no. So So I mean, is there a a respectful period of time that you're supposed to wait? I mean, if we want to be conscious about commenting too soon? I mean, what's the rule? Yeah, Since I mean, I'm not talking time. about people just posting on social media, although there was a lot of that. You know, you feel like you're your organizations that are covering it as breaking news as it is, you don't necessarily throw to somebody who's going to, you know, politicize it in the moment. And I would say this about, you know, any anything. I mean, really. it's difficult not to politicize something like this that happened to a group of politicians. That who, that was politicized who because who generally vote against person, gun control right, in I, any sense. Exactly. I understand what you're saying. I'm just saying that it's if it is very bad form. If they hadn't done it, we'd be if people would be like I can't believe mm-hmm. they didn't. I mean, how did they not get, get that connection and talk about it and analyze? So, anyways, I and, and in my mind, I was like, look, here we have a situation where we have trained officers with guns because the Republican argument is that if everybody had guns, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you could take down the bad guy. Two, at least two, trained Capitol Police were there, and uh, it, this still went on for ten minutes. Sure. So, so the the argument that you know everybody arming themselves and and even if those republicans carried guns i doubt that they had them on them while they were playing baseball so it's just i hope somebody uh, sees the i know it, uh, i was going to say ridiculousness it, it does it turns no, into I, like a gun battle and and if this were you know if, if the the leader wasn't there there wouldn't have been the security and you feel like it would have gone on for much longer mm-hmm. because there would have been no one there and you know, we don't need to get into the specifics of the gun debate, but what I will say is that there is a very well-researched book. It's a few years old now by uh, John Lott called More Guns, Less Crime. I and when you look, I've talked to him about it mm-hmm. at length, and believe me, he can talk about it a lot. Mm-hmm. And it, it just numbers show that in areas where there are concealed carry, that there is less crime. And whether it's Go, something that would work as a blanket anyway, it's good to have that as conversation. You know, I would say that that's something that should be like, okay, well, let's consider it and let's get people together and talk about it, not just say we can't have any guns. Because, I mean, if this were, you know, I, I don't know, if this were another country, let's say if this was in, well, in the UK, but they what, they probably would have had like billy clubs and well, not had guns. But, that, but that is the difference if you were to look at other countries that have enacted strict gun control and seen how their crime has gone down sure. because of their strict gun control, like Australia, like in the UK, in Germany, in places where they've actually implemented. So you could, you could also say the other side, but having stricter gun control does limit. And the problem is that we're such a, a gun-happy culture that now it is out of control because now everyone wants to have guns. And, and giving the good guys a gun just now leads to gun battles. And who, right, but do we really want to live in a society like that where now everyone has in, a gun and now we're countries, shooting each other? Uh, yeah, but in those countries, bad guys will always find a way to get a gun. Well, so, and that's the same thing here, yeah. though, too. So that's what I'm saying. Now we're going to arm everyone and we're just going to be in gun battles? So as soon as somebody whip, takes out a gun, then... The supposed and, good guys now shooting back, and, and everyone's cross shooting, and 
I'm going to venture to say that even in the, the areas where crime may have gone down, which I'm not even sure I, I believe, what about accidental shootings? Did those go up in those areas? Because my understanding... It's a good question. I, right. don't, I actually don't have the answer And to suicides that, yeah. that go up and children shooting, so, uh, taking a gun and so shooting. So just focusing um, on crime, I think, is... is yeah, right. Not fair. And here, let's talk about the flip side of this story. Okay, so last week, the officer, uh, Geronimo Yanez, who shot and killed Philando Castile, who had just disclosed mm-hmm. to the officer who had pulled him over, I, I, I should, I'm going to tell you, officer, he was very forthcoming, I, am, I have a firearm on me. And then he was shot like five seconds later. Uh, so where was that guy's rights? He had a legal permit to carry the gun. He told the officer he had the gun, and he still ended up dead. So this... This you know, well, gun a, is good for. You. Unfortunately, that's mm-hmm. more of a of a race issue than a gun issue. You know, because if Scott or I had said, "Officer, I have a gun on me," we probably wouldn't have gotten shot. But I, is but, that right? No, no. It's but not it, right that, at but all. that's but so it's, it's still fact. both, though. Yeah. It's still the fact that you have that, but then you also have the fact of this gun happy cop that's now going to blow someone's head off for saying that. And that again, there there are bigger issues. And by yeah. saying you have a gun and you're the good guy with a gun doesn't make it better. Um, and then to politicize this whole thing I get it because he clearly was going after Republicans and didn't like them but we should also be talking about mental health issues as well and that has not been discussed because clearly he had mental health issues no. and that's something that we don't talk about and we don't talk about the fact that Republicans made it easier in the past couple months to for mental um Patients have mental issues to be able to still get guns, and, and that's something that's not been talked about either. I don't know. And I, for one, thought that we would have had a more open debate on mental mental illness after the tragedy in uh, in Newtown, right. exactly. I mean, or uh, as Alex Jones calls it, the sound stage. Right, where the they sound did stage the for the government. Yeah. But that's where they should be starting with. Is we should be this should make people even more, and it just doesn't. So if this is yeah. not going to change anything, no. But the thing I mean, is, here's the thing: these are all conversations health, we need to have, and here's the problem: that are more important we're than not, politicizing them. them. No, you know? it's just and, been politicized right away. Instead yeah. of t- talking about the real core of the I issue, there that somebody who was there, at, a we're talking about the shooting on the baseball field mm-hmm. last yeah. week. Okay, said okay. Now we need to look at this. Yeah, well, I mean, and look, that. now affected and, one of their own. Exactly. And if they look at it and it doesn't change their mind, you know what? At least uh, you'd you'd hope it would. If you're somebody that feels strongly about gun control, especially him but himself, I mean, if he takes a look like, at it and he's like, you know, I still feel the same. At, at least people are. Open to considering. I mean, the I other cannot side, which imagine so hard this day, that this having day it wasn't it fifteen members and two senators who were there. Yeah, that having that many people involved and their colleagues wouldn't think twice about. Oh my God, what are we right. legislating or not legislating that allows this to happen? That could have mm-hmm. been me. That still could be me. Um, I, I think. I mean, they don't care really about children, but maybe they care about themselves. Right. I was thinking maybe they'll care about themselves and think they need to stop that and and think actually witnessing something like that to maybe think we should do something about that. And again, go back to mental health issues. And that should be a, a, a core concern, too, of making sure by allowing patients to be able to easily obtain guns or make it easier for them, which which the Republican Congress did. How does that benefit society in general and by it, allowing those type of things? Everybody's concerned about terrorism. Mm-hmm. Terrorists or potential terrorists who are on no-fly lists can still get a gun. That doesn't make any sense for a party that no, is right, so concerned about terrorism. The regulations, the hoops that you're supposed to go through to get a gun sound like they should be effective, but clearly they're not. And I don't know what the fix is there, but 
you know, it seems like there are these steps in place that should make it difficult, but obviously people who really want to get a gun, such as the case in, in Newtown, Connecticut, you can get your hands on it. And I don't know what the fix is there, you know? And right. I mean, there is no easy fix. It's, it's like all the other big social ills, like homelessness and other things. Yeah, so, but the thing is, so is what that you're they saying should be working is, towards it starts at the micro level and people should start looking at that. Like they want to make it easier for uh, states to be able to, if you have like a concealed weapon permit in Arizona, you can bring it into California federally right now, you know, states have a right to be able, and again, the party that's supposedly all about states, states rights, rights when it's convenient for them. But now they want to say, well, if you have a concealed permit in Arizona, you can bring it to California where you're not allowed to have it right now. I, and I that's know, supposedly okay. I feel like when you cross over from Arizona to California, <laughs> you should have to change your money. I mean, it's a, it's a different planet. Over I know, there. right? You but, Scott, what you're saying is that it, and... it's not an easy fix. So, so uh, let's see. Uh, racism, gun control, and mental health. Those are not easy fixes. I was yeah, kind I of know. hoping. I, yeah. We've got a, you know another 20, 25 minutes or so. I thought we were going to get to the bottom of it. I know. We're going to have it solved. Yeah. You know, like a sitcom, we're going to have it solved in 22 minutes. Uh, all right, well, you know, it was a special two-parter, yeah. you know? Uh, so, anyway, uh, let's see what's going on in the chat. Uh-oh. All these dumbasses said is more people need guns the way a bunch of untrained people could have blindly returned fire. Sean Newton. Thank you, Sean. Right. There was a lot of uh, gunfire exchanged in there this was baseball. A, there, yeah, mm-hmm. there definitely was. Uh, and our friend R. Scott Brown, thanks for being back. Nothing changes if nothing changes, which, I mean, if you think about it for a second, it's <laughs> pretty exa- true. It's, right. very, it's very astute. It seems like a very simplistic phrase, but actually, you're absolutely right. Something will need to change, and in the case that Scott was mentioning, at least there's somebody willing to, like, let's take another look at this. And we'll see where we go from there. But regardless of what you think of his politics and even how he voted on gun legislation, it would be great to hear that uh, Congressman Scalise is doing much better. And he can, right. you know, I mean, let's, see, let's see he's back in two months how? voting the wrong way on legislation. <laughs> that's I, right. Yeah that's, yeah, that's what I really want to hear. I want him to survive just because, you know, he should survive, and also because I want to hear him uh, talk about guns now, mm-hmm. right? And where he stands on them, and if there's any reasonable control that he thinks uh, he'll support now. Uh, moving on to a story that we touched on last week, uh, after the uh, terrible situation that ended in Otto Warmbier's mm-hmm. death. I don't think I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, tourism to North Korea comes under scrutiny. I didn't even and, know that tourism and it was a should. I know, you can't time. really get into so her it easily. The, Dennis Rodman himself. The, by the company that offered the trip to North... Uh, I said North Carolina. It's a lot <laughs> different. North Korea uh, will no longer be taking Americans there. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks so much for that. And this was a company that they sort of marketed extreme tourism. Like, go to the places your mother wouldn't want you to go to. You know what? As you find when you get older, sometimes mom's right. There's, you know what, maybe you don't need to be out at 3 a.m. Maybe you don't need to run with scissors, and maybe you shouldn't go to North Korea. (laughs) So, you know, that's great, but what a terrible situation. And I don't know how you can have any kind of hope at having a relationship with a country like this. And I guess the answer is you don't. Not with somebody crazy like Kim Mm -hmm. Jong-un. You know... Honestly, Dennis Rodman is probably the only appropriate ambassador to go <laughs> over there because, you know what, no sane person's going to be able to talk any sense no, into him. No. So maybe Rodman will. I don't know. But most likely not. But anyway, I, I don't know. I mean, we talked a little bit about it last week. It, it's it's such a terrible situation mm-hmm. because clearly, you know, he ended up in a medically induced coma 
uh, or as he they call it. He came home in a vegetative state, well, so like kind of awake, but like eyes yeah, are open, right. but, but you're he, not Yeah, not exactly. Con- and con- they clearly knew that he didn't have that much time left, so they're like, all right, we can't have this happen on right. our soil. And, yep, so we'll send him yeah. home. So it's a terrible story. You mm-hmm. feel awful for him and the family. Mm-hmm. Uh, it could be avoided if you one don't go to North Korea and two if you go somewhere like North Korea, you got to keep your head down. Right. Don't try and don't even don't you know don't even sneeze in public. You know you you need to know not do, to do. Do you think that he really tried to steal a sign? I wonder if that's... no. I mean let's just let's just say that it's you know maybe he was trying to take a picture of a sign as we were right, talking about last right. week. He even took that something would to draw attention. Them. Yeah. Right. And let's put it this way. They singled out him as opposed to somebody else who was with him. So I don't know what he did. I'm sure it didn't warrant 15 years of hard labor, much less whatever got him in this medically induced coma. And which we won't find out because the family has declined to allow an autopsy to be performed. Were they Christian scientists? or The article I read didn't say that. I I just didn't know the reason why. uh, You think you'd want to know. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's a terrible story from a terrible place run by a terrible man. And some people say that about our country, but, you know, yeah. I, it's easier for us to look at North Korea and say, I mean, as bad as Trump is, he at least doesn't have that haircut. Although, if somebody wants to mock up a, a JPEG of Donald Trump, I should send this to Stephen Lemieux, who does the great he thumbnails does. that you see yes. for AfterBuzz TV for each episode. He does this. amazing. I want to see Kim Jong-un's, or even Kim Jong-il, one just, of their haircuts on swapped. Donald Trump's. Or vice versa. Yeah, just, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes, that's what we need to say. <laughs> yeah. All right, I'm going to email that to Stephen, and we'll hopefully see, see. that next week. Uh, yes, it is a horrible. It's, it's horrible. Um, the, the concern I have, though, is... Um, it's still not the place to start getting into threats of war um, because if you start destabilizing that region, it, it's it's going to be really catastrophic for not just U.S., but for that, that area. It's going to be very bad because you have to think about, again, the geography and you think about South Korea and how close Seoul, the capital is. Ten million people are within like 50 miles of the border there. Yeah. Um, it won't take much to be able to do really serious damage there and have generations of having to to pick up the pieces of that vacuum now left behind in North Korea. So it's a really delicate situation and I do think like you said um if you do want to take these risky trips you have to go in with an open mind and be known that you you're not in the US anymore and I think a lot of especially younger people go and travel and think they can just do whatever they want. I went and, to I went to Rio um, when I was in law school for spring break. Mm-hmm. I had no idea what I was getting myself into. And you went to a third world country, right? But and it, it was But I've been to Mexico a lot. But, but I think it's just uh, people I, I, have an expectation they can do whatever they want when they leave because they're used to what's in like, the U.S. Yeah, it's like and, when you go to the Bahamas and you leave the resort, right. you know, or any of these countries and you leave the resort. You're just like, oh, wait a minute. No, no, this isn't what I signed up for. This isn't in the brochure. But, yeah. But I think it's just something that people do have to be very careful about and, doing because when you go to another country, you have to abide by the rules as much as we don't necessarily agree with whatever's going on there and their their government you have to be very careful because these yeah. things do happen and, and Look, you have to know going into something like that. There's three other people still over mm-hmm. there. Yeah, and when I went uh, backpacking through Europe was before 9-11 and even then uh, there were a group of Americans and this was a fairly common pra- practice 
uh, on their uh, backpack, they'd uh, have the uh, Canadian flag on it just because they didn't want to call mm-hmm. attention to themselves. The Canadians were very clear, like, look, we are Canadians. And I guess enough Americans were like, oh, yeah, yeah, we're, we're Canadians, Canadians too. too. Yeah. A, okay. <laughs> how about we go somewhere? But, and I think we've talked a lot about Cuba on this panel, and we seem to be in different places on that. That's another one of those places, though. It's like you're taking a risk. When, especially now that you know the easing of tensions have kind of gotten a little tense again. You know when you would go. I knew people that went ten years ago, yeah, and you too. can go through Mexico. You can yeah, do whatever. That's what my friends but did. you're not getting your passport stamped. Mm-hmm. And if something goes wrong, mm-hmm. which fortunately for anybody that I know, nothing ever went wrong. But if it did, like when you're in a lot of countries, even semi-hostile countries, there's an embassy. There's some someone mm-hmm. who can help you if it really hits the fan. But when you're in Cuba. You're really on your own. At least and now. Yeah, at least now. Now it's a little different. Yeah. But, you know, when you're in North Korea, you, as, on your as unfortunately you found, you're on your own. And, you know, for a country that can't really keep the lights on, which I guess the episode could have been titled The Night the Lights Went Out in Pyongyang, but it's mm-hmm. not as catchy. And I think that. You know, this is what they do. You know, they, they, it's everything's very tightly regimented. Mm-hmm. You know, they they turn off everybody's electricity at night so that Kim Jong Un can, you know, watch Dennis Rodman videos and watch him play basketball or whatever he does. God only knows what he does at night, by the way. Um, <laughs> so scary. I don't know. It's scary, and I guess the the moral of the story is uh, be careful when you travel because even you know, unfortunately. On the flip side of that, I don't want Americans to right. know. Not, not want travel. to travel no, because but that just makes places. it dumber. Be, be yes. vigilant. And honestly, go if you, out and travel experience, you, but be smart about it. If you live in a big city, you're very used to it. Already. Right. I remember when I when I was in Rome, I remember I, I met a girl from somewhere in Northern California, and she said how terrible the subways were in Rome. And I went down in there, and I was like, oh, she has never been to New York because, I, you know, I wouldn't eat off the floor. But there were no rats eating off the floor. So, you know, I was just like, oh, yeah. So if you're from a big city anywhere in America, you're probably always constantly vigilant enough. But it's uh, it's always good advice. And especially in these times, and unfortunately, even if you go to somewhere that you would think is, I'm using air quotes, safe, England or right, Paris UK, or, you right know, now or any, any of those places, places. unfortunately, you're not as safe as you might think you are. So uh, just be careful. Right. You know? Anyway. Um, oh, boy, there's a lot of comments from Lisa Payne Sharico. Don't you have to sign a waiver before entering North Korea? I don't think so. I think it's no. all on, on the Whose down waiver are you signing? Uh, the Republican leadership did blame President Obama. And to be fair, he was president when this happened. But to Scott's point, what was he going to do about it? You know, you it's a very delicate balance. And I'm sure President Obama felt very bad about the situation. But you're not going to go to war over this, you know? Well, that's the problem is destabilizing that region has really big repercussions. And I think that's already Trump has realized that because, you know, he kept threatening to go to war and I, 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 a couple months ago. And I think even he realized, um, and I'm sure China had said to him, too, this is a big issue. You can't just blindly walk in here because also China has a big effect on that, too, because a lot of those uh, refugees from North Korea would flee over into China and that would destabilize that region again. The, the amount of deaths and destruction and... and and economic, if you're even going to be talking economic and business side of things, would really affect that region and, and affect the entire world. So it's not something you want to mess with lightly at all. You mentioned refugees, and I do want to acknowledge that today is World Refugee mm-hmm. Day. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. And uh, last night, in honor of World Refugee uh, Day, I saw a documentary called Chasing Asylum. Who knew that Aussies were such assholes? 
Wait, the Australians won't let people seek asylum there? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they send them to these really remote islands yes. with these detention centers mm-hmm. that are horrifying. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure mm-hmm. that we have similar things to that here in this country. Uh, there's a couple of them that Amnesty International is trying to shut down here in the United here in the States. US. But I really... Um, that documentary was really good. They somehow got uh, cameras into these detention centers, um, and the the uh, the woman who did the whole documentary just her strategy was to get the movie out in a whole bunch of places around the world at the same time, so that the uh, Australian government couldn't do anything mm-hmm. to her because it had been so publicized already. So. Smart and and gutsy woman, right? Very uh, smart. Right. And when you consider how Australia got started, you'd think there'd exactly be some kind of the opposite, right? But apparently not. Um, but so yes, Australia is not the only one. No, but it's surprising, but like they, I'm, that you I'm would not think about it. I'm going to stop the proceedings and make the worst joke I've ever made in the history of the show. Uh-oh. Are you oh, ready? Geez. You'd think they'd have empathy, but apparently they didigeridon't. I'm sorry. What uh, were you going to say, Scott? I know it was it was awful. That's why I called them. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I'll be here, well, not all week, but next week. (laughs) Anyway, we'll be here for the next eight minutes. (laughs) Yeah. A few more, but about that. But no, I had read an article about that, and I was really surprised because there was something, I think, one on near Papua New Guinea or some island up there that was just really, yeah, that was really deplorable, like um, really bad. What was the other that I was shocked about? Well, I'd be interested in finding out Mm -hmm. where they are here in the United States. If there's one, I think it's called. Work. I I I I'll, okay. I'll look you it up. Look Amnesty it up. International will, will, we, will tell us. Uh, well, we, uh, as as uh, Chelsea is researching, we're going to move on. As I talked a little bit about in the open, Sean Spicer, remember Spicy, did his mm-hmm. first on-camera press briefing in more than a week. Uh, reporters have often been told that these proceedings, which were always carried live, they can't be filmed or broadcast with audio. So. Uh, that's actually news, even though it shouldn't be. Now, that's not fake news. That's just unfortunate news that that actually became news. But what we got out of this briefing was that he expects President Trump to announce this week whether he secretly recorded conversations with former FBI Director James Comey, which means they really need to get their story straight mm-hmm. if you're announcing that there's going to be an announcement. Right. Did you find the answer it's to... It's called Burks. B-E-R-K-S is Where's one of the words. And that's here in the... That I, th- it's not in California. Okay. Uh, so uh, also, uh, Sean Spicer said he would not say whether Trump agrees with the unanimous conclusion that the from the intelligence community that Russia interfered in the 2016 presidential election. Uh, Spicer's quote, quote: "I have not sat down and talked to him about that specifically." And all this time, you know what? Here's the thing: I don't know how often he sits down and talks to Trump, so that might. Be true. There was there was one other thing that he was asked that he said he didn't know the answer to. Then I thought it was kind of silly. Well, that's the it? the Trump announcing whether he secretly recorded Comey, or there might be yet mm-hmm. another thing. Uh, he also said that uh, well, this ties into the fact that the Senate GOP plans to hold a vote on the health care bill next Thursday. Once again, the, I think they, not this Thursday. I think next Thursday they got to have it all together. So uh, once again, we'll miss out on that because, as I mentioned, we won't be out on the Fourth of July. So oh, uh, but I'll be tweeting about it for sure. Yeah, so make sure you follow <laughs> that S. Manhaney. And the interesting thing about all this, uh, Sean Spicer said President Trump, quote unquote, clearly wants Senate Republicans to put forward a health care bill that has heart. He would not confirm whether or not President Trump thought the House bill was quote-unquote mean, which was something we talked about last right. week. But he says he wants it to have heart. And I'm sorry, but that kind of heart care is not covered under the GOP health care bill. You're going to have to pay <laughs> out of pocket. 
So that's too bad for Trump, although he can. Uh, and then the last thing, then we'll talk. The last thing on this issue, we'll talk a little bit about this. Uh, Mike Lee, Rand Paul, Ted Cruz, you know the champions of the left, but they've all raised <laughs> questions about how this bill is being drafted in private, and it's all backroom stuff. Chuck Schumer wants to know, you know, how much time are we going to have to actually read this two before hours. we're called upon to put two hours would be I plenty think, of time, I think. I think that's the minimum minimum. Yeah, I think that, I think you're right. So, as, as we hear all of this, uh, Scott, what do you think about where we're headed with uh, having an actual vote Right before the 4th of July? Right, because they want to do it before the recess. Yeah. And they want to do it because once they start getting closer to the fall, then it's getting too close to 18. And for things to be going into effect, they want to do it just enough to where it doesn't go into full effect before. 